You, you are, are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back, back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated Worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, we're up here bringing you a best of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses, a diverse mix of old and new school music along with news, interviews, commentary, and a whole bunch of other goodies. You got myself, DJ Fusion, on the mix and commentary, and on the side you got my bro, John Judah. What's going on there, Judah? Listen, the whole world, this we be Fusebox Media, AJ Judah, Kajasak, a.k.a. Rocco Rosanna Dana, don't tell your mama, but yeah, Fusebox is about to go jammer. Of course, we like the whole world, and we like the fact that you check us, big up, West Coast, of course, and uh, uh, Europe. And everywhere else, of course, in Widers, on the check-in, Fusey, where we going? Well, definitely happy to be here and do the radio show, as always. And um, basically, I know just a regular mix of what we do. We got a lot of interviews. I'm actually going to hold down the Ford on until the new year. 2011 is literally around the corner from this broadcast day. And all of that type of stuff And um, for everybody Who's going to be doing their thing With Christmas if you celebrate that I hope you have a Merry Christmas And all that good stuff And you know Enjoy time with family, friends And all of that You know gifts are nice but it's not all about the gifts Actually it should never be all about that Anyway but you know Either or way I hope people have a good time If you're in one of these cold areas during that time frame Please stay warm and you know the definition of family um, reaches long. So while some people may not have blood family and friends and whatnot, you know, hopefully we can all reach out to people who we care about on that day who celebrate that um, holiday. <coughs> Excuse me, and whatnot. Um, yeah, but um, let me do the rundown about all the stuff with the show and everything, and um, then we'll get into a little bit of commentary before we get. Into the music mix and some other things You can always check out the Fusebox Radio Vibe Either at our official blog site At blackradioisback.com Or through our official website Fuseboxradioonline.com That's F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E Dot com And um, through the social networks Everything ends with Fusebox Radio So twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio Myspace.com slash Fusebox Radio Etc. Etc. So Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, all that good stuff, and we have um a few new videos up on the Vimeo website from the Cake and Kisses show in Washington D.C. that happened on the 13th, where Elzai Slum Village headlined and a bunch of other um great D.C. acts. So definitely check those new videos out and all that good stuff. You know we are multimediaing it out. And there's going to definitely be a lot more video and other things to come. The Fusebox Media portion of the Fusebox Radio is um been making moves, but it's going to be making even more moves into the new year and whatnot. 
And also for those who like getting the written word, shout out to our people, of course, over at Ohel Naw Blog and PlanetIll.com for having the Fusebox Radio represent on there. You know, whether it's Mixtape Mondays, um, new album reviews for New Music Tuesdays, or um, Planet Ill with Indecent Exposure, where we give big ups to in- independent music artists from all over the world who deserve some props. You know, Fusebox Radio gets to. Do a little bit more than the three-hour block of goodness that y'all get each week. More will be coming, my children. More will be coming. Yes, yes, indeed. And for those on this week's show, if you're looking for the um, new album reviews, um, review the um, posthumous uh, Michael Jackson um, album, Michael, and also reviewed um, Red Man's Reggie album. And I've got some interesting feedback on my reviews for um, both albums. Uh, more so for the Michael Jackson joint. Because just to summarize my viewpoint, while I do not think it's a terrible album at all, and quite frankly, it still kind of defecates over a lot of modern day R&B right now. Um, it's not his best work. But part of that is because he didn't really handle it either. You know, there's going to be a whole... Like, Michael Jackson um, reviews, I, albums and stuff, I guarantee... Are gonna be like how the Beatles stuff is now. They're still re-releasing Beatles stuff and putting out old stuff and remixing it and everything. Mike Jackson is gonna be our generation's Beatles in that regard. Yeah. Into the sales and everything else, just because he just had that ill popularity internationally and whatnot. Besides making a big impact musically and as an entertainer, I mean, on the Michael album, you know, nobody even it didn't even sound like anybody even touched stuff from the off the wall and thriller eras. Or bad errors So you know It's gonna be serious I just hope people Are just gonna try to Pimp that estate dry And mess up the kids And everybody else And people just be too greedy From whatever side it is You know them bumps Them bumps are sick Cause you know They recorded Most cats record more Than they put out mm-hmm. So them bumps From that era She was talking about You know got some Big mic stuff You know what he do And we'll see what happens No doubt No doubt and um, yeah, that's uh, one thing I definitely wanted to bring up and mention on the, I guess, more pop culture end and stuff. Oh, and for our um, Planet Ill people, um, the year-end write-up should be in the mix. Hopefully, um, around Christmas weekend, that should be posted up in the year-end wrap-up in independent hip-hop by yours truly. So, definitely go on ahead and check that out. Yep, yep, yep. And in the meantime, yeah, let's um go over a few news items and commentary things before we get into the radio show. Um, as always, yeah, what do we have? What do we have? Ah, man, we we got a lot this week. It it was kind of hectic. Um, I guess the first thing I'll do is hit up things that were on the legal end that affect a lot of people. Um, first off, for all my independent media heads and radio heads and stuff, the Low Power Community Act passed, bipartisan. Bill of one I was here in the current United States Congress is like rarer than seeing a shooting star somewhere and whatnot. Um, in really, really short summation terms, this act means that Local communities throughout the United States should be able to apply for what they call low power FM license. And that can diversify a lot of the program that you hear. In other words, it's that program that could be more attuned to your community. Since beforehand, the few people who were able to get those licenses, they were in like really rural areas and people were being stingy with them because now we're in that big consolidation conglomerate time. 
with pretty much anything media wise so i'm curious to see how this is going to be enacted and how it goes but that is a nice sunshiny rainbow in the world of trying to battle dry media forms and whatnot so so very important and since people actually had some sense with that I, I will give credit now something that's a little more conflicted that happened on the legal end people who um, listen to the show and checked out the um, website and stuff and um, especially our Twitter feed um, have noticed a lot of talk about net neutrality for both myself and Judas in since essentially now the net is a huge huge communications tool for a lot of people all over the world and here in the United States um, net neutrality is a little tricky but to put it in a real nice compact way essentially you want to be able to access websites and everything at the same speed so whether you want to go to WikiLeaks or rapradar.com or something like that you want to be able to get that information at an instantaneous base you don't want to have somebody who's controlling the <clears throat> the broadband for the internet saying that well we like these sites or they sell us a little few dollars we'll have people be able to access that site faster than another site and or let's say somebody who doesn't like that site for whatever reason maybe they provide competition Maybe they're putting out a particular viewpoint politically or otherwise that's not liked, etc. You know, wanting to avoid them slowing that down. Or maybe not being able to have you access it at all, depending on who you get your services from. Whether it's via your cell phone, um, through the direct web, etc. And n- compromise net neutrality rules got approved by the FCC this week. And in a weird way, it doesn't seem to, to please anybody right now. There's a lot of loopholes in it. Where companies and the government and other people can be funny. And it was split straight down the line from um, Democrats and Republicans. On the um, FCC, the Federal Communication Commission um, board that was going through that. And one thing that there's a lot of complaints about from people on the activist end is that a lot of people now access the net through their phones too. Besides being in front of a computer And as of right now There's no safeguard to what people can do With like those type of wireless devices And that Could get really funny style Later on And I don't know My thing is this Like the, the, the genie has already been open And we already know to a certain degree That there's a commission within the federal government If they want to shut the internet down They will shut it down if there's enough, you know, problems and issues and things of that sort. Like, just on a technical level, the United States should be a little ashamed about how the internet access is for all the <clears throat> people in this country. I think we're like in the, the teens in that regard. In terms of how fast the average head um, can get stuff where at places like Japan and other places like 15 to 20 times more fast in terms of just that and on some levels we got America talking about that well we need to brighten up our kids and other people people need to get more educated and exposed to different stuff and yeah there's an opening here where that could get shut down even more if somebody just didn't like something because there's a whole lot of land of the free home of the brave stuff that 
sometimes does not get applied here in this country to say the least. So imagine some of these cats who you think are whack jobs in the political spectrum if they really get into some real power. There could be a problem. For real. So I think a lot of people need to definitely be on their toes with that. And also when I talk about the things with speeds, a lot of people do their hustle on the internet right now. Especially on the music industry and musicians and it's a little shameful that only a few musicians are really on this right now. Because if one day somebody doesn't like what you say Or you're not connected with the right people Somebody might not be able to download your mp3s Or get impatient because they're going to slow down your traffic Or do other stuff Much less you know maybe shutting down the innovation that's happened For you to be a free independent artist Or maybe even a mainstream artist Who wants to do stuff differently than what the label says So you know It's it's bugged out Definitely um, check some things out On the blackradioback.com site We have some information on there um, it's it's going to develop to be something interesting as time goes on and keeps moving and all of that good bi. What else do we have going on here? <laughs> oh, for us, we think this is obvious, but there is a book that has just dropped that's called Slaves in the Family. And in this particular book It talks about that In December 20th of 1860 There were over 169 men Who were both politicians And people who owned a lot of property Who met in Charleston, South Carolina Back before the Civil War started And they issued what they call The Ordinance of Secession And essentially the Ordinance of Secession Said that we're not really even talking about states' rights or any other type of stuff in terms of why the Civil War occurred, which is an argument a lot of people still use. They just straight up were like, we don't want you messing with slavery. Period. They had that ordinance of secession, what they call the Declaration of Immediate Causes. Now, it's 2010. Let's be real. If the North back then said that, all right, you know, slavery is just fine and dandy, well, let's give you all some more taxes. There'd still be slavery At least blatant slavery I should say Period And these papers are just straight up like Yo If we can't have Negroes work the land And have them have no rights We're bouncing That's it You know what I'm saying There was nothing else Fancy about and these representatives who are these rich people represented different states in what was later known as the Confederacy. And to me, it's funny that this is even had to be brought up with people. Like they didn't care about no taxes or who gets represented in what way or whatever. They wanted Negroes to work the way that people still want today, actually. Or whatever. So I thought that was an interesting story to bring up, especially because you still have these people in the South having like um what is it, secession balls and all that stuff celebrated when people broke out of there. And you even have modern day politicians now who more on the right wing side talk about, yeah, it's about our states having rights. Your state having rights to what? <laughs> to do what? Now that's interesting though because um, not only what you said, which you summed it up well, but that kind of leads me to another book uh, which came out uh, in 06, 2006, but it's called Medical Apartheid. The Dark History of Medical Experimentation on Black Americans from Colonial Times to the Present. 
uh, got reviews in the New York Times, Boston Globe, Washington Post, Book World, and Essence, and Publishers Weekly. Good reviews. Um, one thing I wanted to say, just to go off what Fusion was just saying, was basically um, this book talked about the stuff that went on before Tuskegee. Tuskegee started in '32 and went to '72, but went on was going on before Tuskegee, and it's going on to stuff that happened in the '90s. But was all, but but what she was saying in South Carolina, that was one place that was has been named a lot in the in the book that I have been putting on that. And you know, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Alabama, it was all all the southern states. But but one thing about the South though is that the South, um, South and the North, but in the South particularly. Black slaves were the main people who doctors ran tests on. Black babies had their heads opened up without anesthesia. People were, there was no anesthesia when a lot of this was going on in the 1800s. They were using barbaric things just to find out, if, you know, they didn't have like, uh, you know, x-ray, that was a later invention. And, um, and so, you know, they wanted to be able to, whatever, even without x-ray, I think, that's where the tone was going. But particularly in the South, though, it was exclusively all black. And in the North, it was a mixture. You know what I'm saying? And so when people talk about North and South differences, this is one of them. But this also leads into the fact when people say leave slavery alone, but slavery had always continued to go on, on after that. Because anytime that, that, that people of color are you are the main one used in medical experimentation, and, but they're not necessarily told, it's involuntary. A lot of times they don't, they're, not, they're not telling them. And during slavery, there was no legal redress or it was involuntary, you know what I'm saying? So people would be opened up, people would have their chest opened up without anesthesia, men, grown men, women, children, just, just, so, just, just so students who are all white could be able to learn from this. I say this to say that, and also with the research and uh, with, with what's in this book, and within other books is that um, all medical stuff, all, most medical advances in the United States and in a lot of European countries, who, especially who colonized Africa, uh, France, England, um, and other places, mm -hmm. um, um, medical experimentation was a major thing. So mostly all these inventions were came off the back of black people. So when people say, oh, slavery is not, nah, it went on after that beat. It went on after that. You just found out Tuskegee, and you ain't read about nothing else. But there was stuff that that was going on, which was a form of slavery, in the sense in the sense that they could do that and feel that they could get that off. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, that also ties in, which actually biblical part I read a little while ago. Very good book. Glad um, you're down and checking that out. Um, it also ties into the book um, we talked about a little while back, the book by Henrietta Lacks. Um, the lady who lived in Baltimore Who um, back in the day Johns Hopkins took some of her cells And um, she was dying of um, cancer They took some of her cells And with her cells They have a way now That they use the DNA from those cells To test out all types of stuff And I mean that brought cures for crazy diseases And all over type of thing Yet her family gets is getting no money for it from To this day they talk about like a vow of those cells is like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and is used all over the world for medical research. Because you know people will reproduce them and stuff like that. So you know, just on the medical research, and I thought it was interesting. I also heard not to cut you off. You also heard mm -hmm. about that that her cells were also were also researched that 
Uh, her cells were also used with anthrax and other other type cells like that. You know, to uh, in other words, HL. Who's it? Henrietta Lacks. I think the early name for AIDS had her initials in there. Henrietta Lacks. It's supposed to be a mixture of her cancer disease, her her cancer cells, anthrax, and something else, which supposedly was something that was like AIDS, but. I'm not sure how true that is, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that's connected with what Fusion was talking about. Yeah, so, just, you know, more, a little bit more food for thought to people to think about and ponder during the, we're in a post-racial, a.k.a. everybody else who's not, you know, in a position of power, especially if you're of color, need to shut up era mm-hmm. of the 21st century. Speaking of people trying to get folks to shut up, this WikiLeaks thing is just not going to die. In any way, shape, or form Supposedly there's a lot more documents that are supposed to drop The CIA now has a task force Along with the FBI To assess the impact of the exposure Of all of these um, Particular Kinds of leaks The WikiLeaks task force A.K.A. WTF I know people who check out the net know the other meaning for that Or whatever Which is kind of funny And things Um yeah, it's, it's, it's getting grimy It's gonna get real grimy I mean, honestly, in my viewpoint right now I think the corporations are being more grimy than the government Because almost everybody is shutting down ways For people to get electronic transfers Of money to the organization Even Apple has shut down A unofficial um, WikiLeaks app That people would be able to get Access WikiLeaks through via their iPhones And iPod Touches and stuff so you know People are freaking the hell out over this stuff And I don't necessarily know if it's because the shade is being drawn Or if there's a whole lot of real information in the mix Or if there's just more partially a disinformation campaign You know who knows Maybe they want to freak out so much over stuff That might not be that serious classified wise On a certain level You know hopefully that they're, Maybe they're hoping that that's going to make other people shut up later Depending on how hard to go down on um, Homeboy who um, heads it I don't know But yeah that's interesting And also Something um, To be careful about That's a bit of a disappointment That happened through the government The White House is now preparing An executive order about Indefinite detention For lots of prisoners who are held in Guantanamo Bay Now Guantanamo Bay's from when we had the elections was supposed to eventually get shut down and have the various prisoners there transferred to prisons in the states and I guess other secret locations but that looks more and more like that's not going to happen what scares me is what indefinite detention for what because you've seen throughout the years there's been a lot of people who are guilty of anything but wrong place wrong time yeah you had some soldiers Yeah you had some big time You just had some people who just like a driver for somebody Who was like They were just trying to get paid And they got caught up Into a whole bunch of You know Indefinite jailing And psychological torture And all other types of nonsense And it's like any other power When it gets into the wrong hands That's going to be bad like, like somebody might be like You're a terrorist And the next thing you know You in jail That's like some fascist stuff 
You know, that was the stuff that, you know, Stalin did to people over in Russia when, you know, somebody just got pissed off and people started dry stitching on each other. And tell a story so they could be safe next to you. You know, you were in Siberia freezing. Some people might not know if you got snatched up. We're not that far away from that here. We got democracy and all that, and that's fine and dandy. And quite frankly, as a black woman on this earth, while things are messed up here, there's probably not too many more places I'm going to be able to be good at. But it only takes one insane person to push them limits and go someplace else. And for people who are on the civil rights end and human rights end, that's just some food for thought to think about. Cause it sounds all fine and dandy now Like oh we don't got Al-Qaeda cats here But who's gonna be the enemy next Or who's gonna be the boogeyman Cause we still don't got Bin Laden yet Dr. Dre might actually drop Detox next year We still don't got Bin Laden And next year's gonna be 10 years That the towers fell And New York City And the plane crashed And um, the Pentagon And Pennsylvania And all that stuff if people could shut the hell down, think the hell down the WikiLeaks do. Quick. I don't know. Whatever. Anywho, let me see here. What we got? Like I said, we got had a lot of stuff here. Uh, one more quick story for now. Um, people know that um, both John, Judah, and I have had our time both in the D.C. metro area and in New York City metro area, New York City, New Jersey, all that area. And this week, uh, one of the morning show host, um, G.J. Cypher Sounds, got suspended from um, NY radio station Hot 97 for an indefinite period of time due to some on-air comments he made about Haitians, pretty much saying... That the main reason he don't got AIDS is he don't mess with Haitian girls. Now, I put it like this. I know the morning show up there with Paul Rosenberg and all of them. They kind of be wilding sometimes. They're kind of sort of on the shock jockey end. But whether people were serious about that, and I kind of doubt that or not. To let a statement like that out in one of the areas, urban areas that has one of the biggest West Indian populations in the United States, besides maybe Miami, that was stupid. That was a stupid move. I mean, I don't know the man personally. Um, from people who I've talked to, they're like, you know, nah, I don't even see stuff like that. I think he made a dumb joke. Whatever way, that was a stupid move. And, you know, people will go through their stuff and eventually, you know, they'll probably get rehired back and everything else. But the thing that nobody was going to, like, riot up there or read the riot act was ridiculous. Like, supposedly, um, that day, a whole bunch of Haitian other West Indians rolled up on Hot 97 and were protesting. And I can't say I'm mad at that. If for no other reason, just as a black person in America of any particular background... There's a big, big stereotype about that AIDS came from black people. And for a person of color to promote that, whether it was a joke or not a joke or whatever, is just really stupid. And a lot of times that AIDS thing is more time towards dark than black. So a lot of times, mm-hmm. not all Haitians have dark skin, but when you saw that thing happen that earthquake, most of them were dark skin. Mm-hmm. That's correct. You know. And one thing also is interesting, briefly, 
is that people who have never been to New York and New Jersey or even Connecticut mm-hmm. um, and I put Philly in there that's probably one of the more mixed areas of black people on the planet in the sense of you got you got Caribbean of all of all shades and um, languages and then you got African American you know what I'm saying and there's Africans from overseas Mm-hmm. And, and there's Asians who maybe don't identify with those people, but who look black. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's very few many places that have that. You know what I'm saying? One and one aspect of it is there's African Americans in there. You know, you know, with that, that makes it a, that makes it a, something that is very rare. And it's nowhere else like that in America like that. With the DC, it's kind of like that, but New York is and the, the tri-state area. You know, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania. That's much more of a of that for people who you know they want to see a mix. They go there. Mhm. No doubt. So, mm, I mean, I think things will resolve themselves in whatever way. And honestly. I don't know. I know there's new competition up there with Power 105 having a new team of jocks right now since Ed Lover's not up there anymore. Um, really? Yeah. Um, Ed Lover got um bounced out. Well, you know, he'll land his feet. He'll be fine. Hmm? Yeah, supposedly. That was the situation they happened over at Power 105. They wanted to go for something different, so now they got, um who's up there? Um, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God, and I forget the other cat right now. They're up there now, so there's a little more, I guess, that back and forth thing going on in terms of who's gonna get that ring of dominance or whatever. So sometimes people feel they gotta push limits, so. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about Ed Lover is that anywhere he goes, for those of us who remember your TV rap, mm-hmm. and the fact he is a freestyler and uh, he is a New Yorker, and you know, older dude, I think, you know, any, that he's going to represent hip-hop in a lot of ways that a lot of people are not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say that, I, I, you know, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be able to get somewhere soon, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's a long-term guy. He'll, he'll be straight. Dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I don't feel that in most dudes, you know what I'm saying? You know, a media or not, you know what I'm saying? Indeedy, indeedy, indeedy And uh, what else was there? Oh, one more quick thing I was going to talk about People know I like my reality TV I watch my junk TV every once in a minute I can distinguish junk from You know, something that's going to be detrimental to my mind Or whatever Um, I was up one night And there was a show on E! um, Entertainment Television called Bridoplasty um, this show is messed up. I was able to watch 15 minutes. I'm like, I can't take it. Essentially, a whole bunch of women, and I hate to be like this, but I'm glad there are no black women on this show, or at least from the episode I saw. Um, all these women are going through these competitions so they can get different types of plastic surgery before they get married. And their dude ain't going to be able to see what this chick even looks like, who I guess is the, the quote unquote winner or whatever, until it's done. And just the vibe with this mad. Thirsty and trifling It's like Ew Why y'all even Got some mess like this on You know what I'm saying It, it was just weird It's like Why why would a dude Even wife a woman up But they weren't already Cool with how At least how they looked Maybe not other stuff But how they looked You know what I mean Cause none of these women Were rich or anything like that Where somebody might have Tried to do a sugar daddy thing 
or whatever and i don't know like just the vibe of it was just weird and off to me like you know your wedding ain't gonna be hot if you don't got no plastic surgery or the most expensive gown in the world or something never mind if the dude loves you and wants to have your back and um, i mean we all have self-esteem issues on various sides and everything else nobody is you know a perfect rock but something like that i don't know something like that was just wrong to me like the package you came in ain't right you know what i mean but I don't know, man. I just thought it was some old nonsense. I just want to bring that up. Yeah, I can get that. And everything right quick. And um, yeah, that's about it, man. We're babbling for a minute. Hope everybody again has themselves a good Christmas week all over the globe. Fusebox Radio peoples. And yeah, we're about to get into it. Um, old new school music mix. Also got a special thirty-minute documentary in the mix. From the folks over at Free Speech News Where they went to one of the parishes Louisiana That was affected by the BP oil spill And finding out what's going on with people over there Different backgrounds and stuff like that So um, shout out to them for that And that's definitely a good look And of course New Black Agenda Report segment as well Appreciate that there No doubt no doubt and yeah, man, we're about to get into it. Fusebox Radio Broadcast, DJ Fusion, John Drew, the 21st Century Radio, for the his three hours of goodness each week. Let's get it in, all right? Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, witness the greatest. Okay. Cadabra. 
I flow like Niagara Falls. I take none, you diss me, you got balls. But I got a rap for all of that, so what are you, dents? Holy cow, another sucker clears the fence like a tiller. Hunt, it gets no illa. You're jockin', I'm locking shit up like Barney Miller. I got big bang G like Hanky, got Panky, pulled all up on my papa, then spank spanky. But don't thank me, that's the way I make a living, G. Because the pop life is not for me. So color me TikTok, I'm bad, I'm top tick. Color me pay, pass the mic and I'll rock. Shift gears, I'm about to merge, squirt, merge. Get over like a rat, cause I'm fat like LeBert. So when you're just cooling, or fooling in a shade, uh, don't forget that funk eliminate.
listening to Fusebox Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Turn me up, turn me up. Turn me up, turn me up, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take everything. Visualizing chef in the green jacks. Wait till I get on. The haters gonna hate it in this corner. Rich young dog with a Chris Mag. Stab dead in his back. It's a dirty bread game, but we get them stacks. It's a great game. Rather have bread than fame. Some sell pills and weed, it ain't no joke. Might sell anything as long as we not broke. So if you're getting that bread, we be coming for your throat. It's crazy what a brother might do for the bread. Might violate the road to your family's dead. We get bread in the ghetto while we duck in the feds. I heard bread in the ghetto got a loaf on his head. Come on. Brother, listen to me. Toss them out the window with rip rags. We don't take kindly to rats in the ghetto. If your mouth stay shut or get slapped with the metal. Big fat rats get fried like pork chops for snitching. Get your ass hung like a war clock. It's Tone Stark. Billy the kid when the gun bark. Why he sticking out his shirt? He's talking to knock. Same mothers in the projects under the same covers, wore the same drawers to the same hall. Roll dice, kick rhymes, did crimes in the same halls. Spray our names on the same walls. Yo, your kids do my kids, your ways do my ways. Now you're caught up in music and showbiz. If that's what it is, then that's what it is. Run up in your crib with 12 black brothers that have died just to live, die just to live. Some call us martyrs, some call us fathers. Run up in the club like the suicide bombers. 
be the brothers. Plenty class lovers. Never want to see us blow behind others. Somewhere in the competition, friends got lost. The money got flipped. The tables got crossed. Now you're all caught up in that label talk. Brain dead in the grave of thoughts. With a name in the game that can change New York. We ate from the same four pops. Had the same thoughts. Same thoughts. Same thoughts. Same thoughts. Same thoughts. Same thoughts. Hey, yo, right now, it's a legendary DJ Marley Mar. You're on the fuse box. You know how we get down
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. Watching the winter star, also from afar. 
With the little children We're going to be white men Giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle and blow the people Giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle and blow the people On the mountain, by the fountain Riding on a penny was sharing Christmas time again Drinks were preparing Christmas time again I saw Adam and Eve were in the garden The garden of Eden Playing like little children Giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle them and giggle and uploaded people Giggle them and 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 giggle and uploaded people on the mountain, by the fountain, riding on a penny for the hand, watching the little children. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Original, they are synthetic, rather artificial. Cool to somebody try to test some Mr. Issue. Why you even listening to that dude? Compared to my team, they are miniature in stature. Goes for a commercial rapper, a backpacker. Trying to see the whole world outside of the atlas. You could stay stuck here, remove the cactus. Veteran game time, me feeling like practice. Get us in the booth, it's in wait for the classic. Just a little bit of rap to avoid the distraction. You can play back every song on the track list. Understand that there are some things. You may not get That's a common characteristic of lyricist I be on my day job Screaming this some bullshit It still be on my job Cause my name is on the mortgage Try and get my hands on some grants like Horace All about the Benjamins Pockets not big nor puffy After Uncle Sam roughed me Take that About to go H Nah, it ain't rich Still push the Lex with the tape deck Ain't that cold like Anchorage North of the equator I'm trying to get this paper Inhale the vapor See through, breathe through the mask like Vader I'm raw from hello to the farewell Right like Martin Luther King in the jail cell Riding down Martin Luther King on the A4 Finna hop the train about the game what I prayed for The Lord said go What would I stay for I'm looking at the front door For the main source Now I lose less And gain more Like a camp Get the money Up get the fame Whore I ain't even gotta say much Listen to the beat bang The guards flow hard Work the A-Song from Wu-Tang Flown on the A-Train Since I was in the fifth grade So candy bar just to get changed You know where I'm from Listen to the street slang BK all day Brooklyn Black King Been through so much I'm immune to the pain My team don't bluff And we don't play games Say they so tough Sweet like candy canes Nothing is new to us They all sound the same Wish it wasn't true But it is They following the yellow bricks Like the Wiz Trash rap hurting my ears I redeemed team bringing that culture back City been on for so long Putting yours on the map Just for DC, MD, VA cats For the whole world If it's real where you at 
the authentic Never mind them other dudes Old fashioned theories with the futuristic attitude Real ninja, all black, shinobi Just you know I'm with Powerful and ace till they blow this gift Godzilla, name whole weight Like a muscle, all your baby mom Reflection of our culture, which is Islam Peace, mistake us for a game, thank you Manji Blow like we did the relatives of the Marlies I'm a black star, most deaf like Quali And I rep up in the everywhere that I be You can have nothing nowadays, nah I mean I'm sure you've seen the seven devils trying to steal your dream Style symbolizes shield toe without laces All black hood, so we all self-racist Everyday struggle, man, we dying just to live here And I bet they probably make it worse with that health care What's the deal? It's MC Light. You're checking out the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and R&B from all over. This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the web of music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch a slug This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the web of music that runs through my blood Put it all yeah, on the line yeah. I record the live location from the Jamaican capital. Kingston, St. Andrew, overpopulated, poor, uneducated. We hardly get the basics like healthcare and social welfare. Yo, we need help here. Financial aid made us the bank of slaves. Teenage boys raised in the gangster ways. Teenage girls stuck getting pampers changed. It's a shame it came to this. Streets so dangerous. Cops trained to hit, but still aim and miss. Blatant murder, only a few times accidents Harassing youth in the garrisons Innocent prisoners without any visitors It's ridiculous how they keep us trapped in illusion Distractions from the media Lies from our leaders False hope from the preachers They can't reach us This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs yeah. It's the web of music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch a slug This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the web of music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch a slug Everybody want heaven in this hellhole Some of them get lost and sell their souls for a piece of paper Can't even treat a neighbor with respect unless he pay a fee a favor They say we need a prayer or a Jesus savior Cause we in danger, looking for easy capers Only seen as labor, and boast to keep the state up Corrupting people's nature, it's not a free Jamaica The system make us suffer on a daily basis Funeral homes got faces of all ages Jailers full of cages, that's overpopulated Courts got crazy cases for bail applications The murders on the pavement, it's just everyday But it don't face us, we're stuck in the matrix And it can't be one man that's gonna change us It's gonna take the whole entire nation to raise up What the f***? You know what I mean? Feel what I'm saying, like If we're ever gonna see any change, we can't be we can't be expecting somebody else to do it for us We have to do it for ourselves Go for your own. Let's do this for us. <laughs> 
This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the vibe of music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch the slug This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the vibe of music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch the slug I put my heart out my chest, put it on track Look at hard facts in my book of all raps The hook is all that, but I took a drawback Cause I could make you dance, but I make you think I like these wannabe killers and the fakest pimps In the streets flossing, looking like skating bricks Till they violate and somebody take the pick We can ball over strong as a grace that links This is a song I hate to sing cause I love my people Beware of the enemy, let a brother teach you About the system and all of the other evils Because half of us need deep enough illegal In a drug country, buy guns when the thugs hungry Blood money got us laughing like death was funny But we're killing ourselves and we're killing our seeds If everybody's dying now, what the future gonna be? We're killing ourselves, we're killing our seeds Everybody's dying now, what's the future gonna be? Yeah This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs yeah. Yeah. This is all that I do and all that I love For everybody, for everybody in the struggle Right here on the Fusebox Radio DJ Got to know when to hold on. You got to know. 
my afro thick like coffee, my flow like Cadillac. Wish I wish I could take some love back from you. What? Undeserving slow learning brother, sneaky undercover. Just wanna be your lover, no paperwork, just flirt. You sunshine and winter. Me, I'm not a street poet, I'm a classic West Side story. War without the glory. Pour me, paint me, rake beats, iPhones, and chocolate covered anything. You call up to my window, Maria, Maria. And I answer back, yes, Tony. Even if it's not our names, cause I feel pretty. I am Lotus Petal, attempting B-Girl stands, but I can't move into position. Everything is political, you do enough work. It slides out your mouth like a mango, pulled down from a Kingston tree. Sweet and full, my poet heart, your eyes stunning. I was born running, love hard, count money, live long, kiss slow, calm down, baby. This is just a hello. You got low when you hold on. Federal Communications Commission's failure to ensure internet neutrality signals the beginning of a kind of Oklahoma land rush up and down the digital highways. The FCC has fired the starting pistol to allow giant telecommunications corporations to make their mad dash into what was formerly public space and to stake their own private claims and charge rent and tolls and fees from horizon to horizon. We, the public, are to be treated like the Indians of Oklahoma in 1889, dispossessed in favor of business and commercial interests. President Obama is the great father in Washington who spoke with forked tongue when he swore that he would take a back seat to no one in the cause of Internet neutrality. President Obama, of course, controls a majority on the FCC and is ultimately responsible for the commission's decision. He can't claim that the Republicans forced his hand by holding anything hostage. No, Obama stabbed internet neutrality in the back because that's the job description of a corporate politician, to facilitate the orderly dispensing of public property to private pockets. The FCC decision was described as a compromise between public and corporate interests. 
Politicians like Barack Obama believe that corporations have an inalienable right to make ever-increasing profits, and that right supersedes any claims by non-corporate citizenry. Therefore, it is perfectly logical that the wireless sector of the Internet, which is growing by leaps and bounds and holds the most promise of fantastic profits, becomes a playground for the corporations, who will be allowed to do pretty much as they see fit. On the non-mobile side of the Internet, the FCC's new rules are full of loopholes, allowing Internet carriers to create fast lanes for higher-paying companies and customers. Think of the Internet as a vast plane on which a great city is to be built. Now, consider that a few huge corporations will be given the privilege to draw up the grid for that city and to decide who gets to live in the high-class neighborhoods and who winds up in the ghetto. The FCC's decision was totally predictable. Just as Obama guaranteed that the banks would rob the U.S. Treasury blind when he brought Bill Clinton's old Wall Street gang into the White House, so Obama signed the death warrant for Internet neutrality when he appointed Julius Janachowski as chairman. Janachowski was the top communications advisor to the Clinton White House and an architect of the Telecommunications Act of 1996. That infamous legislation led directly to the greatest corporate consolidation of radio and television stations in American history. Julius Janachowski is one of the reasons that today's radio and TV landscape is such a wasteland of corporate sameness. Now, he's positioned to do the same thing to the Internet, courtesy of Barack Obama, the guy who never made a promise that he wasn't prepared to break. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to www.blackagendareport.com. Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. <laughs> You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. Every drug is a killer. I'm sorry. Hola, hijos de puta. Hoy, hoy a dar. Oye, Monga fuerte. La única droga del mercado con la que te crecerá el cabello. Tomas cachas y serás el más inteligente de tu peña. Sigues en Strictly Jabugo, estás con nosotros, los hijos de puta más del palo. Que rula por las ondas, men. Y hemos vuelto, como no, para traerte la nueva mandanga de Chacho Brodas. Se llama Siente Mi Fong. Funk your feeling, baby. No lo olvides, Chacho Brothers. Strictly Jabugo.
bass like rum pum pum pum. Beat the drum like rum pum pum pum. Tick tock tick tock rum pum pum pum. Pound the drum like rum pum pum pum. Got the drum like rum pum pum pum. My girl, me say wind up your body, go and wind up your body, girl. Girl, wind up next to me, turn it round and flex up your body. Me say whoa, girl. Make me see you get low, girl. Wind again, again, turn it round and bounce for me. Me got me love it when you get close to me. Me say whoa, girl. Wind it up some more.
Chuck the public enemy, you're now listening to Fuse Box Radio with DJ Fusion. Harder than you think.
This is Free Speech Radio News for Monday, December the 27th, 2010. In San Francisco, I'm Danny Wood. One of the year's most important stories was the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. After the explosion on BP's Deepwater Horizon rig killed 11 workers in April, oil began spewing into the Gulf of Mexico from the damaged well, causing the worst oil disaster in US history. The blown-out oil well gushed an estimated 53,000 barrels a day into the ocean for 87 days. The largest oil spill in US history has dramatically affected southern Louisiana's bayou communities. This summer, FSRN reporter Julia Botero traveled to Terrebonne Parish to look at how the oil and gas industry has affected fishing communities and altered the way residents see themselves and the delicate place they call home. Today, FSRN brings you a special encore presentation of that documentary, Oil in the Bayou. Please stay with us. If you keep driving south from New Orleans, down Interstate 310, you'll eventually hit water. The land at the very end of Louisiana stretches thin and breaks apart over open marshes and bayous. Cypress trees, now leafless and dying, stick up from the water and reach towards the sky. Generations of families have established their lives here on these thin strips of land. Toward the eastern end of the state are the five bayou communities that make up Terrebonne Parish. We have little different communities. We have Ile de Jean Charles, Pointe Chien, Montague, Cocodry, Chauvin. Each bayou has a little flavor all of its own. Michelle Claudet is the president of Terrebonne Parish, the political equivalent of a county mayor. If you look at your hand, that's kind of how the bayous of Terrebonne are, the five fingers. If you were to use your hand as a map, the parish's largest town, Homa, would be your palm. Your middle, ring, and pinky fingers would represent the smaller communities of Chauvin, Dulac, and Thoreau. If you move up towards your index finger, your knuckle is Borg. Continue down, and you're in Montague. If you were going to go from your thumb and you're using your right hand, Pointe-Shan is more of a fishing Native American community. We have Pointe-Shan Indians, and of course, right off of Pointe-Shan is Ile de Jean Charles with the Ile de Jean Charles Indians. The Ile de Jean Charles is a thin strip of land between Ponichens and Bayou Terrebonne. Today, salt water from the Gulf has encroached so much on the island that crops and vegetables cannot grow. There's not enough land to sustain livestock. Albert Nakin is the chief of the band of Biloxi Chittimachas on the Ile de Jean Charles. People say it's beautiful, but it's not beautiful like it used to be. It used to have trees and cow trails and animals and, you know, I guess there's a few rabbits now, but, you know, back when I was a kid, I mean, you never go hungry because, I mean, you always had something to to uh, to eat. Yeah. But uh, when we was growing up, you wanted something, you wouldn't get it. Well, if you was hungry for a rabbit, go get you one. You'll find members of the United Homa Nation scattered across these five fingers, along with four other parishes. And although it's a long drive by car, by boat, these communities are reachable in minutes. The people who live here continue to live off the land and waterways. 
this used to be a real beautiful neighborhood right here. I mean, I grew up back here, you know, and uh, I was from that side of the town, and now I live on this side, and uh, my people still on that side. R.J. Molinaire is a member of the Homa Nation. He lives in Grand Bois, a few miles from Montague. Right here is 75% Native American and the rest of uh, Cajuns. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, so, but it's, uh, it's a very good neighborhood to live in, and it's, like you say, you wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Terrebonne Parish has always relied on Mother Nature for food and business. Abundant stocks of oysters, shrimps, crabs, and fish from its bayous feed locals and the rest of the nation. Alligators, raccoons, otters, mink, and nutria trapped in the grassy marshes along the bayou bring in extra money. My name is John Verde, Jr. Today we're going to go out uh, in the lake and try to get some shrimp. Rich deposits of oil and gas were discovered in Louisiana in 1929, and by the 1960s, the area became the gateway to a fast-growing concentration of offshore drilling sites. Economic prosperity followed, and navigational canals were dredged through the wetlands to provide smooth passage for oil tankers between the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico. There's somewhere between 8,000 and 10,000 miles of oil and gas canals that have been dredged through the marsh system. Aaron Viles is campaign director with the Gulf Restoration Network, a regional environmental group. When you dredge a canal, you basically come through with like a backhoe on a barge and dig out a canal. And ultimately, you're removing the marsh that's in the pipeline canal or the exploration canal. Then you're also affecting the hydrology by piling those oil banks along the side, kind of like mini levees. The canals also facilitate the movement of salt water into fresh or brackish water systems. Again, Aaron Viles. Salt water to those systems is basically a poison. And when you kill off those plants that aren't used to the higher salinities, the whole system unravels. By the 1970s, oil had become king, and a web of industries began to rely on oil and gas to survive. Fuel docks, oil rigs, and shipyards all became means of employment. Fishermen began working on rigs in between seasons. Oil rig workers would cast nets when back on shore. The two industries became intertwined and almost everyone you meet down here has worked as a fisherman or on an oil rig at one time. Claude estimates about 80% of residents have worked in both industries. But still, not all residents feel comfortable with their community's relationship with big oil. Louisiana doesn't protect its citizens when it comes to the oil and gas industry. Clarice Freilu is a Homa Indian and RJ's sister. The two are sitting on a wooden deck in front of Clarice's home. They live less than a half mile away from an oil field waste treatment facility that moved in in the 1980s. In the early 90s, Freilu led a fight against U.S. liquids of Louisiana, demanding the company construct a levee between the dump and the surrounding homes belonging to the Homa Indians in Grand Bois. They received a monetary settlement, but the levee was never constructed. Clarice says she's fed up worrying what this might mean for her family's future. We know we need the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. We just think there's a, a better way to, to deal with the byproducts of the oil and gas, not just to drop off their waste in a community in a marshy area where our groundwater can be contaminated, which it may already be. Uh, our lands could be contaminated. I mean, we live off the land here. You know, the people fished. I mean, we used to fish. But as the land continues to deteriorate, 
Some of the only money left to be made is what the industry blamed for much of the environmental destruction. Again, R.J. Molinaire. We have nothing against oil and gas. We need oil and gas. Everybody needs oil and gas. But right now, the oil and gas is really hurting. I'm, a, I'm just going to say the homeless, the, the Pornishians, the, the Plaquemines, the, the, the all, it's, it's all over the Gulf, the Gulf Coast. It's mid-morning on a Thursday in June, and Chucky Verlin is whizzing in and out of the bayous in his speedboat. His skin is dark and leathery from years under the sun, and although it's more than 100 degrees outside, he's barely sweating. Today, he's checking up on fishermen who've been sent out on the water by BP to collect oiled boom into their boats. We're on the uh, east side of uh, Bayou Portage, yeah? That's some of the absorber boom yeah, that was put out, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. So what you see there, they, uh, they don't have no oil on them. They just uh, dirty, just from the uh, just from the soil in the water. Okay, I'm done. You're cleaning all the oil. I don't see no more. As an offshore shrimper, Chucky would spend as long as a month out on the ocean, coming back to shore only when he couldn't fit any more shrimp into his boat's ice chest. When the oil spill began, Chucky's shrimping grounds closed, and he quickly signed up to work for BP. It's a job. That's all I'm going to see. <laughs> it's a job. Yeah. You know, we'd rather be fishing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, just the chase of uh, shrimping, you know, or fishing or whatever. It's, it's you always got to be chasing them, and uh, if you're good at it, you get to make some money. Or if you're not too good at it, well, you just it's like a gamble. Yeah. Uh, last couple of years, it slowed down on my part because of uh, the you know the low price of seafood. That's what uh, put the hurting on on me. The price a fisherman gets for the seafood he sells to restaurants and stores fluctuates with the season. Cheap imports of shrimp from Asia have undercut the cost of production for those who capture wild shrimp in the Gulf. Chucky Verlin says that growing up, most of his relatives were fishermen, but that neither of his sons fish commercially. It made me sad because... Because, I mean, it ends right here with me. You know, in my family, on my kids, it ends with me. No more fishermen, and uh, I know they got quite a few of them the same way. They, uh, <laughs> they got to have less and less fishermen. Why, why is it that? Well, if you don't have no more fishermen, who's going to catch seafood for people to eat? Or let's say I get older and I ain't got no seafood. Somebody, you know, if I can't fish, and well, I'm going to get seafood at. Or anybody else, you know, they, it's just a dying tradition. The fragile wetlands that nurture seafood stocks have already been disappearing at the rate of a football field every 45 minutes, pushing homes further inland. Chucky Verlin knows the bayous and lakes that skirt the end of his home like the back of his hand. He's seen miles of land he knows dissolve into open water. I remember when I first started working here in 75, when I worked, I had a boat, I was working here. We had land all around right here. 
We had islands. In fact, the old lady lake was surrounded by lands. Now it's uh, all you guys a little strip of land on this side, the south side, and basically that's it. It's uh, it's almost open water now. It's it's gone away quick. And you've seen all that. Yeah. Well, I work when I say when I started '75 to about 1980. I work up in here. Then I started working offshore. So a couple of years ago, I came back over here, started fishing and all, and I hardly recognize anything. Nothing was the same no more. But you knew this was coming for a while. Oh yeah, we knew. I knew it was happening. You know, I could see it all over. It was just happening. It just that it just surprised me on how much had yeah. just washed away. You got less than a quarter of the land they had back in uh, 1980. Less than a quarter right here. So uh, that tells you, that's, that says a lot. Yeah, it looks like open ocean right now. Well, yeah, it is. You used to have land coming. It was, like I said, Old Lady Lake was almost surrounded. You had a couple of bodies to go in and out. Now it's uh, basically wide open. And once in a while somebody asked me, see if they got alligators over here. I said, nope, the alligator moved out, the shark moved in. <laughs> listening to Oil in the Bayou, a special encore presentation of a documentary about the effects of the BP oil spill on Louisiana's coastal communities. Just up the bayou, R.J. Molinaire drives by the oil field waste site by his home. He's afraid, along with his sister Clarice, that as time progresses and the water from the Gulf continues to encroach, it will flood the land surrounding this site, covering the yards of this community with toxic sludge. A local news station estimates three area industrial landfills have accumulated a combined total of more than five million pounds of oil field waste. This is cell 11 here, but this, this cell here is supposed to be closed, it's not supposed to be tampered with at all. They're supposed to put a berm levy across it, and it's been like 10 years now, and they still never did it. And they're supposed to cover everything up and let the grass grow nice and pretty. Although the oil sludge stays in the pits that have been dug, the smell doesn't. That, look, that stuff's still wet. Look, look on the top of the hill on that side. It's still wet. It's still wet. Everything that comes out of an oil, in other words, all the toxic that went down in the hole, the, the waste, it's coming out of there. So what they do, they just take it from one place, from out of a barge or a truck, and they throw it in a, in a, in a, in a cell. And what they do, they stir it up for a couple of seconds, and, and, and they come right in and spin it right there. And while I'm passing through here, I'll take my air conditioner off, and I'll put my, 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 my shirt over my face, and I just punch out. And if I get a ticket, I'll tell, I'll tell the state trooper or the cop to follow me until I'm away from here. And then the wind's blowing from the south. When it blows from the southeast, that's when you really, really, we, we catch it bad and where we live at. If you want to go, we could go for getting you sick. Clarice and RJ say there are generations upon generations of families who have taken root in this land, and despite the risks, have no intention of leaving it behind. You know, it, it's funny, you, you don't uh, join this tribe, you're born into it. Right. You know, we were born, we knew we were Native Americans. 
we didn't know well we didn't go around saying oh we homas yeah we just knew we were indian and that that's who we were i mean and, and but we were always part of the united homa nation we were born into it our grandparents were born into it my grandma was well, she was in i guess my age i guess when i was a kid you know the, the, the older people would make that we would make our own dugouts you know what a dugout is it's a, it's a pirogue they, they made out of a mm -hmm. cypress tree mm -hmm. And she was uh, my grandma, and she would trap, and she would push pull this piro, and one of us in it. With either one yeah. or two of us sitting in a little bench, and she would talk to us about who we are and all that good stuff. And and I'll never forget that she told me <coughs> I said something, and she said, "Oh no," she said, "You are Native American," and she said, "Be proud." But at the time, I didn't really know what she was talking about, you know. On April 20th, 2010, the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig exploded, killing 11 people on board. Oil began gushing from a hole in the seafloor 50 miles down, spewing an estimated 53,000 barrels a day. Michelle Claudet is the president of Terrebonne Parish. On May 7th, oil started coming into Terrebonne Parish. And the people had tanked up their boats and they had iced them. They were ready to go out. The fisheries were closed, and it's been something horrendous for them. Since the spill, the marina at the tip of Poinichens has been used as BP headquarters for the local cleanup effort. Here, fishermen are driven up to a wire gate, given yellow hard hats and safety vests, and fed breakfast before the long day of work ahead. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a line that's formed here, so they're going to get in line, get their assignments for the day. Pamela Brady is a public information officer with BP. The crews come in in the morning at 6 a.m. for a safety briefing, and they talk about everything from the temperature for the day to the weather, what to expect when they're out on the water, size of the sea swells, the thunderstorms. Uh, always a hot topic is temperature and being aware of heat stress and heat stroke. The fishermen work on and off during the heat of the day for a set amount of hours and are supervised. Workers' schedules change every week. This Friday, extra workers were called in because oil had been spotted on Lake Tambor the day before. In the line was Lulu Dardar. I've been uh, doing the crab, shrimps, and everything. I started when I was 16 years old. I was going by myself in a, in a boat. Well, I used to bring my younger brothers with me. They showed you, or you just kind of knew? Uh, I really showed them how to do it. <laughs> Lulu's never had a lot of money. But what she does have is a working boat. When the spill happened, she scrambled to replace her battery and fix her engine so BP would hire her. Since the spill, a good boat is the only ticket to a stable paycheck. At the end there, before uh, they closed us down, I was making like uh, three to four hundred dollars a day. Yeah, it was just getting good. <laughs> and the price was high up, that's why. We had a real good price. They wanted to catch everything, you know, before uh, the, the oil would have came. So that's why the price uh, stayed up. It went high up for the price. I'm making more now. Albert Nakin, chief of the Ile de Jean Charles Band of Biloxi Chittimachas, says that in terms of hard cash, working for BP is like bringing in a great catch every time you go out. You know, some say that they, they will make... Uh... It's like two thousand a day, which is is good money, okay. 
they, 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 this is fishing. This is uh, shrimping. But then that's seasonal. You know, how many months do you go that you don't make that kind of money? So yet, so maybe you, six months out of the year you will do do well, but then other months you, you won't, won't do anything. BP's paid them well. The BP Vessels of Opportunity program put fishermen back to work skimming oil with their boats. Despite some claims that most of the oil is now gone, many waters remain closed to commercial fishing. Again, Aaron Viles. So people were working, um, of course, now as we see them opening up more state waters and federal waters to fishing, uh, and I think that sends a pretty you know, conflicting message because we're, sh- we're seeing oil come into these marshes again and again and again. People are out there trying to fish, uh, and I just think it's a, it's a very tough message for the na- uh, nation to understand. They're like, wait, we see oil, and you're telling us the seafood's safe, uh, and the fishermen who, you know, are kind of caught in the middle here don't really know what to do. We're probably doing more harm to our brand right now, the brand of Louisiana and Gulf seafood, than the good that's, working, that's coming from uh, you know, a few more fishermen working. It's a mess. Out on Lake Timbor, Dale Simino's boat floats on the blue, brackish water. He's sitting on the sides of the boat, along with his wife and his two cousins. At their feet are piles of white absorbent boom. This is boom that we pick up the oil with. This is clean yet. No one ever put it down yet. We're getting ready to. The oil is a little bit further out right there. We're just taking a break right now. We're on lunch break. Have you seen the oil out there yet? Yeah, we, we're working in it, right? We was working in it this morning. It's like a grease almost. We had some on the on the banks over there, by uh, Temple Bay. That was about three weeks ago that we saw that. No, it wasn't much. It was just a little bit. Yesterday morning we smelled it when we got to it. They saw a dead pelican this morning. I don't know who it was. I don't know who saw it. I think Richard saw it. Richard saw it. Still yeah. Chucky's wife, Angel, had been riding on the boat with him that week as his deckhand. She was on board yesterday when oil was first spotted on Lake Tambor. You can see like a slick, long slick, just red, like that kind of and years and years ago, like in Grand Isle Beach, they had, you know, like the black tall balls or whatever, but uh, sort of um, unbelievable. The continued economic dependence on oil companies operating in the Gulf makes speaking against the industry difficult. Again, Aaron Viles of the Gulf Restoration Network. The fact that you know, BP has had this horrendous uh, error, you know, cut corners and got caught on it, uh, means that even though we're watching, you know, the worst case scenario, close to the worst case scenario for for oil and its impacts on our coast, people still don't really want to bash the industry in general, and uh, they don't want to see the moratorium. And we, I think, you know, are very comfortable saying the moratorium is a is a necessary and thoughtful first step to figure out what went wrong and why. But in a place where livelihoods are as dependent on oil as they are in Terrebonne Parish, the pain of slowing down business with the industry has already been felt, and it hurts. Again, Terrebonne Parish President Michel Claudet. Unfortunately, if you would have asked me uh, on April 1st, 
the economic future of Terrebonne Parish, I would have said that it was looking very well. Right now, given the prolonged effect of this moratorium, our economic future is uncertain because understand, it's like if you're hit by an uninsured driver. There's a damage, there's an injury, but I'm not aware of any way that we can recoup these damages from anyone by filing a claim or doing anything that'll pay us for the substantial losses. Not all impacts of a disaster as large as the BP oil spill can be seen immediately. Some things, like psychological effects, show up over time. Mental health agencies, like the one led by Lisa Schilling, have already kicked into gear. But in the last two months, um, there has been significant change in just the direction that we're taking our services. Um, We are trying to be very proactive about doing some preventative services before situations get to a point where they're out of control. The agency's team of outreach workers have knocked on doors and spoken with families. They seek to identify and assist with feelings that can lead to larger problems if ignored. Some of these individuals have less than a seventh grade education. And all they've ever known is to be on the water. There's a lot of frustration. Um, There is a lot of uncertainty about what tomorrow holds. Some individuals have received some help from BP, but some have not. In downtown Homa Civic Center, a group called Bisco has invited worshipers from every church in Terrebonne Parish to a special Friday evening service. Many residents of the area find solace in prayer, and social service providers hope that residents will look to their two strongest support systems, family and church. Family life is just very important, certainly a connection with the land, the land and water in this case. Robert Gorman is the executive director of Catholic Charities. I mean, you just look at the name of this parish, Terrebonne Parish, the good earth. So just the, the, the culture, even the language is very much tied to the, to the land and water. So I think those are, are two unique things about this area, and, and then, of course, the food. Then the connection to the church. Fishermen are very independent, um, typically operate on their own. Um, They have social networks, but certainly are loath very often to join a community organization, although we have in the past done it. As a nationwide movement for moratoriums gains steam, those at the scene of the disaster see little alternative but to side with the oil industry. Still, Robert Gorman from Catholic Charities says there may be an opening. He feels the community has lost trust in BP after discovering it was keeping secrets. This could be a possible starting point to at least encourage the public to question how the industry operates. I think what folks are going to find is it's got to be us. We've got to organize ourselves. 
So, um, you know, there's already been talk of, of uh, citizen councils to monitor the health of the Gulf and the health of the wetlands as they created in Alaska after the oil spill up there. If you want the answers, uh, I think the answers are we have to organize ourselves. Today's encore presentation of the documentary Oil in the Bayou was produced by Julia Botero. Shannon Young is our documentary editor. Our technical producer at KPFA in Berkeley is Rose Katapchi. To find this and other FSRN documentaries, visit our website, fsrn.org. We'll be back with our regular newscast tomorrow. In San Francisco, I'm Danny Wood. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Fusebox Radio. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
yo, check this out. Chuck Deer Public Enemy, you're now in the mix with my man, John G. Here we go again, back to the room. Terminators back on some old fool's track yeah. Take the nation of sellouts to keep us back Flipping disco raps used to be whack ah. well, what you hear is what you lack Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that Who dropped the bomb on hip-hop? Who got Biggie and who shot Tupac? What you forgot? Ain't no easy, no Scott LaRock Now what's rap gotta do with what you got? For whom the bell tolls, is that the way the story goes? 85% believe in all the videos God knows who controls the radios Some people chose the road to be hoes And so I rose in the middle of all the woes And Def Jam people's turning up their nose Just one way in, no way out No doubt the body count getting heads checking out Do you wanna go our way? Don't break the way you put this down Do you wanna go our way? Don't break the way you put this down Do you wanna go our way? Don't break the way you put this down Do you wanna go our way? Don't the way you put this down Time to make life shine again like glass You know what I'm saying? You gotta make it shine like glass Outrageous against the scene, proof read the script, flip it black, so I'm back in gang green. We interrupt this routine, I had a dream, the clean protein smacked the gangster lean. Between the triple team, wiped them out like a drought. Damn, my rap sent your cycling. Them lips caught toes, these apocalypse. Everything had a shot, it got hit with both. Twisted politics, tricks I couldn't get with. As one quits, another nitwit hits. All the way crazy, shady. World turned upside down, I put it down. Why destroy what you love? Look around, surrounded by chalk marks on the ground. Where the lost got found, why it all come tumbling down? Why he and she gotta die? Now how that sound? Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. On and on to the break of dawn. Some the hundred meter dash, I'm a marathon. Been around a long time, but the rhyme is same. Sound remains insane. Exchange the rain, ain't that something? Figure I smash the pumpkin, so I parallel the brains of Cobain. Show no shame, like the pain of Cain. Getting man out position, hip to the game. It's that grand old B E M O. Different time, different channel. Fuck your piano, hear the witness. Get on up with a quickness. S runs in the half with the one, two, three, four, five, attacking they crack, clipping back, got five on the black, the track got X on the decks, Terminator's back, cause the dad is whack, on the one and two, yeah, go flavor, B hit the road, getting set to explode, like a powerful piece, can't forget the war mode, overload, there she blows, here we go, now you know, damn another Alamo. You wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. Do you wanna go our way? This the way you put this down. You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Radio.
Listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Kept going through 
be alarmed, we're Negroes. And my blood, yes, the love, oh, oh, Give thanks and praises to the love, Radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. 
gypsies.
think you'll agree, it's dynamite. That's all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.